You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate, a weekly discussion about Kentucky horse racing and handicapping. And now, here are your hosts, CC Broadus. You know something? Not only are we going to New Hampshire, Tom Harkin, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona. Alan Schneider. And North Dakota and New Mexico. And we're going to California and Texas and New York. And we're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. And Brandon Jaggers. All right, welcome to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, and we're definitely excited to be here. We are mere weeks from the first ever Kentucky Derby to be run in September. If you're listening to us for the first time, you picked a good day to listen. We've got a big weekend of racing and a possibly even bigger weekend to come as we look forward to next next weekend's running of the Traverse Stakes on August 8th and Ellis Park's first ever Kentucky Derby prep race, the Ellis Park Derby on August 9th. And those races will be supported by a bevy of important stakes races, including the Grade 1 Ballerina, the Groupie Doll, and much, much more. And I'm joined, as always, by my best racing pals, Mr. Alan Schneider. How you doing, everybody? Excited to be here today. And old Muddy Waters himself, Brandon Jagger. <laughs> Turf is going to be soft. <laughs> Brandon, uh, you're returning off a of one-week suspension. Uh, are you ready to, to get back into action? I know we missed you last weekend. Well, I, you know, I felt like I had to join back up this week after what happened last week. But, uh, no, honestly, the podcast did really good. Uh, just It's a challenging week. Saratoga is always very tough to make spot plays. Ellis, consistent winner. I think I did pretty well last Friday, if I do recall. But, uh, yeah, I hope to add something to, to the listeners today. And uh, looking forward to Sunday at Ellis. All right, well, let's go back to the uh, Kentucky Derby. It's going to be running the first week in September. I want to talk about some uh, – I got some questions for you guys pertaining to the Derby Trail. If the Kentucky Derby were drawn today and the field was set, Alan, who would be the who would be your top five morning line selections? And, and, and kind of give me a, a ballpark of what you think their odds would be. Okay, so not exactly what I think, but who the – the, uh, the morning line would be set at, right? Uh, for the, okay. Uh, well, I think, obviously, I think the favorite would be Tis the Law. Um, you know, assuming we're going a 20-horse field, I could see him uh, at this point being about, what, say, five to two, perhaps? All right, let's uh, assume. Yeah, let's assume that the, the field is, is at 20. Okay, okay. So you're going to get a little bit bigger price on, on your favorites, I think. Yeah, I agree, but. I, I still put him at five to two. I put him. At, I think he's. I think. Uh, and I put Art Collector. I would as a second choice. Um, hometown connections. I put him at four to one. Uh, the Philly Gamine. I don't know if Gamine's going to run the Derby or not, but I think she'd have to be way up there. Uh, let's put her about five to one. And then I think after that, you'd probably have to look at uh, the duel of Honor AP and Authentic. Perhaps as uh, going for a cold fourth, fifth choice, or depending on how you look at it, I'd have them in the. I think I'd put Honor AP at six to one and Authentic at, at eight to one. I think that's how I would set it at as of right now. Okay, Brandon, would you agree with that assessment, or are you, you got something on? 
you would consider yeah, definitely very similar very similar tizzle law definitely i put his three to one about the same uh authentic i i thought could be a great shot it's seven to one art collector you you definitely have to give a lot of credit to the last out there so i would put it maybe almost a co-favorite honestly mm-hmm. uh followed by uh max player at 10 to 1 and dr post at 10 to 1 i think i think those horses have got a shot but that, that's a it's so it's such a tough question and such a crazy crazy year of horse racing to go backwards uh you know as i mean swiss skydiver is definitely going to go to the oaks but i mean she ran a game effort i, I you got nothing really to knock her but she should win the oaks if she stayed i think she, they the connections want to point her in that division so but that that's where i think uh that's my top five so we're assuming 20 horse field but honestly are we going to get get a full field this time around you know what uh I think it can it can work the opposite way. Uh, you worry that you may not have enough horses to fill the gate, but then you're going to have more local connections. I think, hey, you know what? Uh, there's a couple spots open. More people may be willing to try. So I think you're going to get to 20. I think you will get 20. Uh, that's just speculation on my part. I think some people take this unique opportunity that we have this year, if the gate was not quite full, to say, hey, I'll, I'll throw my um, – high-level allowance horse nerf, if, even if he doesn't have the points. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you'll get 20. Do you? I mean. I, I, well, I, I don't know. I mean, if, if attendance is going to be limited, and a lot of the horses have kind of kind of raced themselves out of contention, I mean, we've got a, a pretty solid group of seven or eight contenders right now. Yeah, there's I a think, line of demarcation. Yeah, they're definitely yeah. I, I think there's a chance we may not get the get the full field because I mean that one of the I mean, the the Derby has become a, a bucket list item for a lot of the wealthy people, and those guys you know if if they can't bring friends and family and and true to to Louisville to show off, you know they may just say yeah we'll wait till next year. Um, and, and to be clear, we don't exactly know what the fan situation is going to be at just yet. We right. know it's not going to be a full. A full house, that's for sure. It's me a small percentage, but that's all that stuff is still in flux a little bit. So, but you're probably right there. Yeah, they're capping infield tickets, and I actually responded to on the last week to actually get my uh, Oaks and Derby tickets refunded uh, a couple weeks ago. But you know, they they take about thirty days to process refunds. So, I'm not actually going to attend, regardless if they run it with spectators limited spectators what have you but uh you know another horse though that we we may have forgotten is that king guillermo yeah he'd be my sixth choice (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah right yeah i was with that too but they're gonna mention yeah they're gonna train him up to the derby i don't know how that's gonna work Uh, (laughs) neither that's why as much as i like the horse that's why i did not put him in that top six wagering interest because that's i think that's gonna scare some people off that's gonna make give me pause but I, you know, I think he'd probably be in your sixth or seventh, sixth or seventh um, vein there in the odds board. So. Right. But uh, speaking of Derby contenders, we've got a uh, Derby prep race this weekend at Del Mar. It's the Shared Belief Stakes, a mile and the sixteenth on the dirt, and the winner's going to get fifty points toward the, a berth in the Kentucky Derby. 
the favorite, as we've already discussed, uh, one of the probably one of the top five betting choices in, in this year's Kentucky Derby. It's going to be Honor AP. He's eight to five on the morning line. Probably will go lower as the second choice Uncle Chuck will scratch and point toward the Traverse Stakes next weekend. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Uncle Chuck can do. Mm-hmm. But uh, Honor AP probably towers over this group. He's he's already a Grade One winner, and his main competition comes to the outside in in the lightly raced Saison from the Bob Baffert barn. Saison is the $3.6 million son of Curlin out of a majestic family. This this guy traces back to better than honor who produced rags to riches and jazzle the back-to-back winners of the belmont stakes one of them uh, rags to riches of course was a philly saison is is two for two lifetime the last effort was not as impressive he stretched out to a mile at los alamitos going two turns and you know he it was it was just a pedestrian effort so he's going to have to move forward at to challenge honor ap uh, guys, do you have anything to add add to this uh, this race? I, it's it. I mean, it it came up light in numbers, but you know you're you're going to see one of the one of the top Derby contenders in Honor AP here. Uh, well, you know, Honor AP for me personally, I need to see one more from Honor AP. I think I, he's definitely one of the main contenders. I think I, I just listed him at six to one. After this race, he could easily drop off that if he performs the way he should in this race. The horse is the typical mile and a quarter horse, one of the ones that beat on Derby day. I expect him to win, but I'd like to see how he does it. And, uh, that would be a huge step forward at perfect timing too, by the way, uh, going towards September. So I'm anxious to see this one run this weekend. So it stays on as well. Yeah. I'm with Alan. Everything, you know, I, it's a, there's just limited, limited history on some of these horses and, Besides Honor AP and, uh, you know, Baffert always has, you know, one definitely tuned up and ready to run. But it's just one of those ones you got to sit and watch and, and wait and, you know, see what the final result is. Because it's something I can't play. But Yeah, I won't play the race. But Cezanne was a great artist as well. So <laughs> <laughs> That he was. Very, very, very much so. Uh, Honor AP is a beautiful horse. Uh, he's got a beautiful stride, and he's just a, a he's got that beautiful face and and four white legs. Uh, that kind of leads us to our next discussion. I don't know if, about you guys. I've always heard that uh, horsemen like to stay away from horses with white feet, uh, just because of the. Uh, they, I had a horseman tell me one time that they thought white feet, you know, the, the skin was tender. And, you know, I, I'd never heard that before. It, it sounds foolish. Uh, you know, California Chrome kind of kind of dispelled yeah. that myth. Uh, Honor AP's doing that right now. You know, he, he's, he's got these these four beautiful white feet. But uh, that's a that's a racetrack myth. And there's a lot of people that buy into that. Uh, guys, what other what are the racetrack myths? Would you guys what have you heard over the years? I mean, there's there's a lot of crazy things that that people will say, but oh some, yeah, you know, so what 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 do what do you, what do people believe and what do they what do they you know what do they dispel? Oh, that, that's a good one. Uh, that that's a good topic. I mean, uh, you could probably go on and on if you put some real thought into it. I think maybe the major one. Well, I'll give you a couple of minor ones real quick. Uh, first off, that mint juleps are really good. People, we can dispel that myth. They're oh, really not that good. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, personally, but you know, I'm a beer drinker. So, and that maybe all of us that go to the racetrack, uh, wear fedoras and smoke cigars and wear Cuban shirts. <laughs> well, I acknowledge I have a couple of rocking Cuban shirts. I, I haven't worn a fedora in years. Um, uh, that's, but I would say the biggest racetrack myth, I think to me, and it goes back to when I was a kid and I think people still hold on to this is that sloppy tracks produce long shots. You're automatically going to get long shots if it rains and it's mud and slop and goo and everything. But if you become a, a semi-experienced horse player, you dread those days when it's sloppy, not because of a lot, because the fields get scratched down to nothing. So and the races move off the turf. So therefore you're going to have fewer horses running and therefore you're going to have smaller payoffs in general. So I think that's a myth. I, the fact that sloppy tracks automatically produce big payoffs, by and large, is indeed a myth. Especially for the for even a moderate horse player can read the past performances and look to see who's run well in the slop. So the horses, those horses, will get fed anyway. So I think that's the main racetrack myth I grew up uh, hearing, believing, and then ultimately dispelling. But that's just me. You guys, well, anything? Yeah, I'm a disciple. Well, I, I try to be a disciple of Jerry Brown of Thurgraf, and that, that's one of his tenets: is don't expect form reverse, uh, don't expect form reversals on a muddy track. It, it just doesn't happen. You look for horses that are in good form. Now, in good every, form, and, and 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 it can enhance. Some horses just like it better. It can enhance their performance a little bit, but it's not going to reverse their form. I guess it's kind of what he says. Correct. Right. You 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 get an anomaly every once in a while. Of course. Brandon, Brandon, what uh, I, I know one right off the top of my head that come out of your mouth about yeah old horses run better on on hot days. Uh, what, what what can you add to that list? Yeah, you know, watch for the open company or older claiming uh, scenarios of of a ninety degree plus day. That's a seven eight maybe a ten year old gelding. You never know. That was a but, new one on me. I thought I'd been around the block. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, a guy that I know, I don't want to use his name, Chris Gowers, talks about it all the time. Oh, wow. And he said that? Yes. And he oh. is a horse guy. I, I, immediately, I immediately give it credence then. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the a color of a horse, you know, the grays, you know, run based on like fear and flight, you know, it, they seem to just to kind of separate from the herd a lot of times, but, you know, cause horses traditionally are a herding animal. So, uh, it's just how we, we ride them to see if they can separate from the rest. And, you know, it all also has to do with their minds, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. That's pretty much the only miss I have. I really do. And then, you know, when you're playing, everybody likes a good name and for whatever reason, sometimes that name comes around. So, it's always fun, but the, the, that's my, I, I don't really have any other track miss. I really don't. Per track, you got to think of is the rail, you know, alive or is the rail slow or, you know, little things like that. The bias, it, it, that's kind of a myth. I mean, to me, they grade the dirt every which way the same. I know sometimes it's tilted where the rotter may run off and all those things. So there might be more moisture towards the rail or vice versa, but. Uh, my number one is older horses in heat. (laughs) Well, CC, what do you got? I was going to say that, add to that. I mean, one of the things I always heard 
hanging around old people at the track back in the day when we were allowed to be at the racetrack. Uh, racetracks back. want they want the long shots to win because it makes the track more money, which is yes, absolutely yes, yeah. that is absolutely false in every single way. It's the game. <laughs> the game is pari mutual, which means they're going to get their take regardless of who wins the race. The only way they can't make any money is if they don't run the race. So, mm-hmm. you know that those kind of things you pick up over the years, and, and you know after a while, after refuting every single one of them, all you do is look like a dick. So <laughs> sometimes you just you just let it let a sleeping dog lie and 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 yeah you gotta let you gotta let people believe what they want to believe but yes to your point the race the more money wager at the racetrack the more money the racetrack makes that's yeah. how that works it doesn't matter who wins the races themselves and ultimately I mean it's a simple game our job is to take their money that, yes. that's that's that, that's essentially what we're trying to do but I digress. Uh, let's, uh, let's take a look at Saturday at Saratoga. Now what we're going to do, we're going to preview Saturday at Saratoga, which is a big day, the Whitney handicap. And then we're going to turn the page and go to Ellis park on Sunday. And their big day is the, uh, Kentucky downs preview day, but we're going to look at Saratoga first guys. Uh, the weather is going to be beautiful. It's going to be 86 degrees, 10% chance of rain. You probably couldn't ask for a better day of racing. And picture perfect Unless weather. you were there. Unless you were present at the track. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. But, uh, guys, uh, Alan, where do you want to go first here? I guess we ought to look at the personal ensign, right, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that first stakes race of the day, which comes early in race five, talking about it briefly because it's uh, it features Midnight Bisu, right? It's a small six-horse field. That looks like a two, maybe three horse race. And it comes down to the two to five morning line, Midnight Beast. Who can she uh, take this mile and eight grade one test? Um, she's up against point of honor for George Weaver, who's always been highly touted. And it should be a showdown between those two vexatious rates of chance in there. But uh, it's, it should be a, a pretty a compact field. Not a race I like to bet. I don't like betting five, six horse races. But I, I might take a stand against Midnight Beast here and, and try Point of Honor. This horse has always been rumored to be a runner, has never quite put it together. This short field, maybe uh, she can get first run on Bisu, or maybe Bisu's last race wasn't as fast as we thought it was. Let's. I'm gonna give Point of Honor a, a try versus the versus the Queen here. Now, obviously, this is an important race. It's it's Grade One status, half a million dollars. But it's also an important race because it's the last leg of the early pick five. Ah, uh, yeah. Is there would somebody you, you like earlier? Are, are you recommending a single point of honor, or would you double up? Ooh, uh, no. I, I, <laughs> I'm not that bold. I'm not that bold. It's, it looks like it's, I, would, I would use both, but I would probably use both equally. Let's put it that way. I might even lean a little bit more to point of honor just because the money, and that might be where the money leans, but uh, – are you going to hold me to a single? No, I probably couldn't do that. In the um, later pick four, I might single elsewhere. So in in, in that sequence, but no, I'm not bold enough to single against uh, Midnight Breeze. No, I'm not quite that foolish. <laughs> Brandon, do you have any thoughts on the personal incident? Yeah, it's kind of funny how the track ends up putting this race in race five in the card, you know, to end up pick five. But yeah, I mean, Midnight BC is a class among class and should win. 
But, you know, that's right. Point of Honor has got just performed differently, I thought, last time out with a big speed figure to close. Big, you know, bigger than it's than the horse has ever put together. But it, it was a mile of 16th. Now we got to go a little further. So we'll see. But I, I don't think there's any contenders in this race besides the ultimate favorite. So uh, I'm going to single Midnight BC. All right. Okay, Brandon, I, I think you wanted to talk about a, a two races prior to that in race three. And I'm getting there in my racing form. This is a mile and 16th maiden claiming event on the outer turf course. This is for New York state breads and all will be carrying a $40,000 tag. Brandon, where did you want to go in this spot? You know, when I look at maiden claiming, I always look at sires and dams and I try to see, you know, I didn't use the Tomlinson figure as to who can run on this surface, but, and we'll talk about that in a DRF program that I started focusing more on lately, but I, I saw two horses that I thought definitely had a shot, and I always love to pick first-time starters. Um, and these are state-bred companies, so you got to, you know, they're, they're normally not well-known sires or whatnot when they're especially racing in New York. Not to not to discredit them, but it's it's just not the ones that you know that we have in Kentucky. So uh, I went with the number one Allied Invasion. Uh, with Christophe Clement and you know that's a Normandy invasion uh, sire first time starting on the turf going the distance so you don't see that too often so I thought that was a unique play and getting a top rider to take uh, take controls there and then I also uh, the regal speaker I mean that's pretty chalky I get it but the one in the nine, uh, you know, in this race, Regal Speaker's the nine on the outside, getting bleakers on for the first time, taking Lasix. Uh, I mean, I would think this horse will definitely, uh, definitely appreciate those two uh, equipment changes and, and run a great race. But I ultimately think the one at five to one Allied Invasion could actually win this race. Uh, Christophe Clement has just been on fire. On fire, he, yeah. yeah. He, mm-hmm. he, when I got my racing form here, he was 11 out of 32 at the meet, and I know he won the last race today. At, or excuse me, the, uh, 10 the to second, one. Yeah, the the, the uh, stakes race. He won the stakes race today, mm-hmm. uh, five and a half on the turf, but he won that one. So I know he's got at least 12 victories. He may have more than that now. Uh, let's go forward to the late pick four at Saratoga. Definitely want to get into this. This is uh, this is major league handicapping right here. This 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 sequence is. Full of good horses, and it, it could be very tricky, so we need to be careful. But it it leads off with the Grade One Whitney handicap or the Whitney Stakes now, and with a purse of seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. This is one of the best races on the Saratoga Stakes calendar. Going nine furlongs on the dirt. A little disappointed. I wanted to see Midnight Basu in here with these these tough horses. She wouldn't be the first filly to win the race. I know Lady Secret won it back in the day, and then Personal Ensign beat uh, Gulch and King Swan in 1988 on her way to an undefeated career or undefeated season. And the favorite in here is number five, Tom's Day tie at six to five. I think that might be kind of low, but there's no, no denying. This is one of the best horses in training. Uh, he's two for two this year. It was last seen at Churchill winning the Stephen Foster stakes. And you know, it, it was a resounding vig- victory, one by four and a half lengths. 
and now he shows up here and now he's going to be the favorite. And the question is, can we beat him? Alan, what say you? Uh, of course you can beat him because this is a compact five. Horse. So as I said earlier, I don't like five horse fields, but I do like this one. Um, any of, I don't, I'm not crazy about Mr. Buff in here, obviously, but uh, any of the other four can win. I, I said in the last time, Tom Zeta, I'm not picking against Tom Zeta in the near future, and I'm not going to pick against him again today. I'm still on Tom Zeta. Uh, I think you might be right. I think 65 might be a little bit low. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, buzz money on Code of Honor. I think uh, a lot of people are going to go his way, maybe even improbable. I think the 9-2 to two morning line on By My Standards is a little bit high. I can make a case where he sits behind Mr. Buff and takes over when that one stops, and they have to go catch by my standards from the rail. But, you know, I like Tom Zayton here simply because if he needs a stalk, he can do it. If he needs to come from five, six, eight lengths back, he can do it. Um, it's a really nice race. As much as I love Tom Zayton, I will not single here, but um, – I'm not. I'm not going to go against one of my favorite horses in this spot. It's. I'm going to go with Al Stahl, Joel Rosario, and Tom Zaytal once again. I, I have to give a nod to number two, Improbable. He's ran two really impressive races this year. Right. The, they were eye-opening to me. I, I was a little lukewarm on this horse going into the year. That first effort in the Oakland Mile, he was hung out in the 11 hole going a one-turn mile, which is pretty tough to to win from there. He was four wide all the way around the track, and had it been versus anybody else in training, he probably would have won that race. But Tom Staytaw ran him down. Uh, Improbable came back to run in the Hollywood Gold Cup at Santa Anita, going a mile and a quarter, and I didn't think, you know, I, I just didn't see him winning that race or, or even dominating the race, but that's exactly what he did. I, I thought I thought the horse might be, you know, distance li- limited, but, you know, he won – he won fairly easily. He beat Higher Power, who I'm, who's, you know, he's he's maybe top ten in California, but he's 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 top fifty nationwide. So I, you know, I, I I don't know if you put much stock in that, but I don't think there's any doubt. You know, this this horse is is live in this spot. I think this is probably why we didn't see McKenzie ship east. I, I think maybe this horse is, is sitting on a big race. So, uh, you know, Improbable will be on all my tickets. And, of course, you have to use Tom tie. I don't want to get knocked out by him. Code of Honor is undefeated to Saratoga. He's two for two. He's probably been pointed to this race. So, I I think, you know, you're going you're gonna to see a, a big effort from him. The question is, you know, can he run down the top two? So, it's a great race. I'm looking forward to it. It's a little tricky from a handicapping point of view. I don't want to use three horses in a, in a five-horse race, but that's Amen. probably, that's probably what I'm going to have to do. So uh, let's turn to the 10th race, and this is a very competitive Allen Jerkin stakes, uh, formerly the King's Bishop, grade one, seven furlongs on the dirt, $300,000 purse. And the big favorite here is number six, No Parole, from the Tom Amos Barn from Maggie Moss. He's listed on the morning line at 9-5. to five. Luis Saez will take the mountain. He was last seen winning the Woody Stevens on Belmont Stakes Day. And he went wire to wire that day. Alan, uh, what 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 do you do here? Because uh, it looks like to me it's uh, either no parole or a bunch. See, uh, this is where I, I kind of like to play. I like to take risky singles sometimes, especially when I've got the previous race where I think, you know, at the most – 
I could use only I could use four horses and get by. Maybe narrow it down a little bit further than that. Because I'm going to single here. I'm going to take a shot in this race and single a horse. Not other. I like taking the singles other people don't see. And it's a, when you do that in a full field, it doesn't cost a whole heck of a lot, but the payoff can be rewarding. I'm going to take a chance on three technique uh, for Jeremiah Engelhart and Jose Ortiz. The layoff concerns me. There's layoff lines, you know, the horse. So it's it's not a strong play, but I like the six to one. I like him. I'm not crazy about some of the other horses in here. I think some of the, the may be beatable. Uh, this horse with the Tulsa Saratoga last year was hyped up quite a bit, performed well as a two-year-old. Uh, two big races here. Horse flashed a lot of talent, eventually making his way into the to the Rebel uh, at Oakland in that sloppy, gooey track. This horse made the middle move to get right up to Nadal in that race. And Nadal, going by Nadal is like trying to go by a steel mm-hmm. curtain that day. You couldn't get by him. So I think he... He made the middle move to Nadal, going a mile and sixteenth. Chased him, eventually tired a little bit, but did not tire badly because nobody was passing Nadal. I'm, I'm not sure what the deal was with Nadal that day, but nobody was passing. He bit at him. He tired. It looks like this horse might be more content going seven furlongs, both with his past performances and the fact that he ran the way he did in the Rebel. He's six to one. He gets Jose Ortiz was on fire as well too. I'm going to try three technique in here. I think it says a lot. This horse is eligible for a non-winners of two allowance. I think it says a lot that they point him to this spot. So I, I would think the horse is doing fairly well. Uh, Brandon, your Belmont Stakes selection, type, tap at the win, is in here. Yes, he is. And yep. I, I keep looking at him, and he's on a turn back, which I love, uh, going from nine furlongs to seven. I just, uh, what do you think about him? Well, <laughs> that was my pick. I don't like the post. I mean, at seven furlongs, it's tough uh, to get over. But, you know, he is very uh, early speed. And so I think, you know, Johnny V will put him in the in the right position. Hopefully he'll clear quickly. I don't think I don't think there's a lot of speed uh, that he can't beat. Maybe Liam's pride might come out a little fast on the nine. But uh, if he can get over, uh, I would love to see that horse come home and take the win. But I didn't get too far through here either. You know, Tabitha went up and on for a while, but uh, no parole is solid, uh, especially coming out of, of, of Belmont, uh, the Woody Stevens. So that's really hard to beat. But, uh, you know, you're exactly right. You, you saw what I was going to call. <laughs> the Yeah, my, my big issue is just the Cassie barn has just been ice cold <coughs> recently. Oh, for 12. I just cannot believe that. That he that he's so so cold right now with the dearth of talent he's got in his barn, but uh, yeah this is a it's a good race this this is the type of race could make or break you. Uh, let's go to race eleven. It, you want to talk about a brain buster? It's the Bowling Green handicap, two hundred fifty thousand dollars on the inner turf course. It's a mile and three eighths, grade two, and the favorite is number six Sadler's Joy, who is often a bridesmaid he is seven out of 30 lifetime he's won over two and a half million dollars and you know he his figures lay over this field but he, he often you know he, he comes up short many times uh alan i know you you like a you like a price in here where, where did you fall you know i it looks like i'm taking a lot of prices today so if i can hit one i guess i'll be 
uh, lucky uh, today. But, you know, going back to Sadler's Joy real quick, it's one of my, I really like this horse. I always have. Uh, the horse lays over this field in class and numbers, but the horses have been beating him uh, uh, throughout his career and still regards Zulu Alpha, uh, Annals of Time, Arklow. They're not in here. This is a, a kind of a weak version of the Bowling Green. Uh, so class-wise, he lays over the field. Is he going to get the pace to run at? Does he have the will to win that it takes to put your nose down first? I don't know. There's no pace in here. Uh, cross border is going to get the lead, I think. I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to do a little trip handicapping here and take Marzo to win the race. He may not be as good as Sadler's Joy, but once you get past Sadler's Joy, there's not a lot of really good horses. Maybe cross border is. We don't quite know yet. I see Cross Border getting the lead. Marzel maybe sitting a trip in second. And I can see Arad. You can get Arad at 8-1. to one. That's not a bad thing either. Um, trying to get first run on his, uh, his brother, actually. Uh, cross Border, he gets first run. Maybe he can uh, get the jump on the closers. Because basically everybody else in the race is a closer. So I like to have somebody in that first flight. I'm going to try Marzo at 8-1 to one because of, uh, I think, the pace scenario I see playing out. It's a bit of a stretch. Um, no question there, uh, but I, I do a little pace handicapping once in a while. I think this might be the case here. Yeah, I've got Alan, him. I'm sorry. Sorry, Alan. Yeah. Alan, sorry. Alan stole my thunder. Oh no. <laughs> Marzo was my top pick. I love I this hope horse for a price. I do too. And you know, Sadler's Joy will not win this race. Oh, that's if, bold. If, if he does, good for him. It's taken forever to break to break through. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's well-read. I mean, you know, but he's had third, 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 sixth, and a first back in Aqueduct. So, I don't even, you know, that was a soft field that day. But, you know, it's funny that, you know, I was all over the one for sure, which, you know, Marzo. But I went dot, dot matrix as, as well as. You play an executive player, the number four dot matrix was kind of my, my second choice with Sadler's Joy. But you're right. There's not much in this field. It's pretty soft. Dot matrix might fall into a good trip. If, uh, you're right. There, yeah. yeah, Joel, went, I mean, he could fall into the Marzo trip just as easily. So I think you'd have to include him. So, I, you know, here we go again, a short field. And I'm going to have to use most of them to get through. Uh, you guys seem to think you can you can get by with maybe one or two. So, uh, and then we took the page to race 12. This is the Caress Stakes. It's $200,000 sprint on the turf, on the outer turf, five and a half furlongs for the Phillies and Mares. And if you spread in the first three legs, you're you're in trouble here because this thing is wide open. And the, the morning line favorite is the seven, Dalica, for Al Stahl and Joel Rosario. She's three to one on the morning line. And her last two starts have been really, really good. She, this horse last year was a uh, route runner, but now they've backed her up to sprinting, and and, and seems like that's what the doctor ordered. She uh, she won a uh, an optional claiming allowance at Churchill back in May, and then came back to run a close second in the license fee stakes, going six furlongs. Uh, I mean, she's she's going to be coming late. So the question is, do we have somebody that can hold her off? You guys got any opinions? Um. You know, I don't have a strong opinion here. I, I, the only opinion I have is there's not a lot of pace in the race. Uh, I would have to use a few in here, but it's hard for me to make a, a solid case because the pace scenario is a little wonky in here. Because I do like, I think Delica's a really nice horse. 
And I, I thought Saratoga Treasure had a chance too in here, but again, the, both of them were kind of uh, neat pace to run at. Uh, Delika might still win on class alone. Um, she ran second. I'll handle the cash last time, and I'll handle the cash has a big chance in here as well this time too because she backs up a half furlong uh, after setting the pace in that race. And the race prior at Churchill was a was a bumper car race where she she took the worst of it. Uh, so those are the three off the top of my head. I'd probably use a couple more, but again, I'd, I'd try to, I'd try to handicap this pace scenario on here at number one, if I was trying to pick the winner. Yeah. I was Go trying ahead. to include, trying to include something else a little different, you know, mother, mother, number six for Bob Bathurst and pioneer of the Nile sire, I, you know, dialing back and, you know, Bob, when Bob ships, you gotta, you gotta pay attention. There's reasons. And I always love Johnny V on the turf. <laughs> so, uh, and then as well as Jakarta, I think, I think that horse got a lot of speed, a lot of speed early on. And Luis Saez wants to get in after that. I think it was a 30 day. Was it a suspension or did he have COVID? I can't remember. He had COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So he sat out for a little while. He's trying to get on the board. I, I like these two guys. They ride aggressive. So, uh, that's kind of where I'm going on, on a sprint like this. You want to talk about race, racetrack tenants that I do believe. I hate Bob Baffert on the turf, so he will not be <laughs> near. It, he's nine percent out of fifty-five runners. Uh, you know, well, he's a thirty percent trainer, one of the best trainers probably to ever put a saddle on a horse. But he's terrible on the turf. He's kryptonite. I, I do yeah, agree with number it. five. Just go ahead, Alan. Oh, I was just say, yeah, they're trying something with this horse. They this horse has been a disappointment to them overall, so I think they're trying something different. But yeah, the horse may take to the turf. So you look, this horse has been at Belmont, so yeah. they're not really shipping in for this effort. See, I know uh, Baffert uses John Terranova, uh, so you know this filly might be in might have been in Terranova's barn training up for this. Number five, Jakarta, I agree with. I think this this mare has a definitely, shot. She, definitely, she, she may be lone speed in there now. I, I followed Saratoga pretty closely. I don't think speed has done well on the, on the turf course, but you know, I mean, after maker took over training with this horse, she's, she won a stakes race in her second start. That was on the dirt in her first start. She won, she went wire to wire, uh, when an optional claimer at Gulfstream, uh, her last two, you could probably throw out that intercontinental stakes. I mean, that was, uh, that was spread eagled. There was several fillies that finished up the track in that race, and in the last race, I mean that was that was a graded stakes race on the dirt, so that's probably not where she wants to be. So I think I think I think she's right where she needs to be in this spot. And it's a good spot for her. it. Really is. It, it's yeah. a good spot for this horse. Yeah, I think you know it's going to be catch me if you can here, and, and you know what what better way to try to win a pick four with a with a filly like this on the engine like that? See if she can she can wire them. So that wraps up Saratoga. Uh, it's going to be a great card. Uh, get your ATM card ready because <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have to spend a lot of money here to capture some of these uh, exotic wagers. Let's go to Ellis Park now, and this is probably their second biggest card of their summer meeting. This is the Kentucky Downs preview races. Kentucky Downs has funded a lot of these stakes races today, or or excuse me, on Sunday, and we're gonna we're gonna try to go through these as best we can. Uh, let's start with race five. This is not one of those stakes races. It's a uh, uh, two-year-old baby race and it looks like uh, there's some nice pedigrees in here it's going seven furlong so 
uh, you know, we might see some some horses that could show up for uh, maybe like a Breeders' Cup or something like that. Uh, Alan, the favorite comes from the Dallas Stewart Barn, who's going to be making his second start. This is number two, Shell Shocker, the son of Mineshaft out of an Fleet Alex Mary. Joe, Joe Tolomo takes them out. Uh, probably a horse that we could probably take a shot at beating. Who do you like here? Yeah, I'm with you there. I think the horse figures five to two is kind of crazy low on this one. Uh, he ran a good third of that very good horse. I believe you uh, were pretty high on last time, the ride of a lifetime, who just destroyed him down there. But uh, this race is worth mentioning overall because of the pedigrees, as you mentioned here at Ellis Park. Don't over, don't let the fact that it's an Ellis Park two-year-old throw you. There's a there's a couple potential good ones in here, and. Dallas's horse has a shot, but uh, the two that catch my eye are Milliken for Ian Wilkes by um, the homebred, Witham Thoroughbred homebred, because as we've talked on this show before, and anybody who follows horse rights in Kentucky knows, the horse is out of Ivory Empress, not to mention by Into Mischief. Ivory Empress has produced Four Graces, who's a three-time, four-time stakes winner at seven furlongs. Um McCracken. McCracken, who ran in the Kentucky Derby, was one of the favorites of Kentucky and was a, a middle distance horse. Uh, Bondurant, off the top of my head, and the other big one I'm forgetting, help me out, brother. Uh, with Dignity. With Dignity, who won first time out at seven furlongs. Um, the Ivory Empresses, not only not only do they produce runners, this, this mare produced runners, she produces seven furlong horses, which is why this horse debuts at seven furlongs. It's going to be my top pick in here. And Ian Wilkes never wins first time out, but he does do well first time out with these um, babies of Ivory Empress. Not to mention the daddy here is into mischief on top of it, too. So give me Milliken in this spot, but I'd be remiss not to mention King Fury here for uh, Ken McPeak. This horse cost $950,000 last year at the uh, at the sales. It's by Curlin, and I always say, everybody talks about the Curlins a lot. The Curlins love the one-turn mile. They love the seven furlongs. They love the one-turn mile. We're going seven or today, seven furlongs today. It's out of the really, really nice, fast sprinting mare named Taurus. This is, I believe, her first, mm-hmm. her first uh, baby, and that's why they give nearly a million dollars for this horse. So uh, that horse is nine to two. Milliken's eight to one. A couple of them here's figure, but those will be the two that figure on my tickets the most. I'm anxious to see how they run. At this seven furlong trip, I will point out another nice pedigree is the three Lumo. It's the son of yes. Uncle Mo out of C.S. Royce. C.S. Royce is the mother of Cherry Wine, who ran second in the Preakness. Uh, Uncle Mo's Preakness, or excuse me, uh, Exaggerator's Preakness. Uncle Mo was third there. So, and I know uh, C.S. Royce has produced. The dam has produced uh, Sweeping Patty, who was a nice two-year-old for the Romans Barn. So there's a there's a chance this this uh, baby might be live too. So I agree, and that you watch this one on the turf later because I believe Sweeping Patty won by like a million lengths at Kentucky Downs, and it's bound to come on. I'd say that she that he won't win he won't win here, but I I can see turf in this one's future as well too. So but yeah, you're right. This one should be live as well. Yeah, yeah, this might, exactly right. This might be a prep for a Kentucky Downs maiden race. You know, one of those $100,000 maiden races there. This, this might be right up this one's alley. So, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good, interesting maiden special way. It's going to cap off the early pick four. Uh, let's go to the first leg of the late pick five. 
for the only pick five on the Ellis Park card. It's the $100,000 Run Happy Preview Turf Sprint at a five and a half furlongs on the Ellis Park grass course. The favorite comes from the Mike Maker Barn, number two, Tiger Blood. He was last seen at Keeneland during their short boutique meet, finishing eighth in the Shakertown Stakes after setting or, or setting a joint pace. Uh, he only was beaten a length and three quarters, so, uh, you know, he, he definitely fits in here. Guys, uh, what do we do here? This is a, is a field of eight. There's uh, looks like, like, like you like to say, a line of demarcation. Where do we go here, guys? Um, well, you know, it's, it, uh, Tiger Blood's an interesting horse. This horse is the uh, speedy wind machine from Gulfstream, who just, uh, of course, has 19 lifetime wins at 47 starts, 9 at 13 on turf. It just dominated at Gulfstream whenever she ran company under. And then uh, the Michael Hui, is that name's Michael Hui, Hootie's Racing. They, they claimed this when it was eligible. And I think they might have claimed it to, to get it up here in Kentucky and run one of these turf sprint races like at Kentucky down. So I expect this horse to actually run well in here, along with uh, your buddy, High Crime. High Crime should be a danger, too. But I'm probably going to take top selection honors to the outside. And Van Bruh, mm-hmm. you say Van Brew for Judmont, mm-hmm. uh, for Brad Cox. Uh, the horse ran the big second last time. To a horse, a CC touted Argentinian wonder horse, Ivar. Is that right? Argentinian CC? Is that am I right? That's, Southern that's, uh, maybe Brazilian. Brazilian, okay. The thing, what I like about it, 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 he went by some good horses that day and um, went from eight to second in a blink of an eye. It looked like he's going to race, but Ivar had too much left, too much class left. So, again, you see that when you see that middle move. And they kind of chase home. There's lots of times that means a horse will be open to a cutback. And with that running style, with the class being by the blue hand mare, Hachita, uh, I think this horse could figure out the five and a half furlongs. I think it's a pretty good trip. I, I'm going to give I'm gonna give Van Brew the slight edge over the inside, too. Brandon? Yeah. I, I thought, you know, on a, on a sprint like this, I love cutbacks, so I went to high crime on the inside. Big uh, as 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 a big yeah, you're right. They put this horse in the right spot here. This is what this horse has been wanting to do. Uh, you know, it's been a tough meet. You know, to Churchill did sprint, uh, did great, and won going away. So you know, I think that horse returns. This is the form this horse needs to be in. I don't want to play Tiger Blood. I just don't want to. <laughs> you know. Ellis is is a great track, and I and I just don't want to end the day on a or you know have the day start off on a two to one or less than that, and then definitely came outside to old Brad Cox because you know Brad's a winner, like the position. But it's interesting that they went from a mile and a sixteenth where the horse ran really well to now cutting back to a sprint. So that that's a question mark. I don't know how to really view that. Uh, but I did recognize the horse. It's definitely eligible to to definitely take this field down. And and that's, I mean, the number six, I thought, was another horse that was definitely eligible at, at a big price. And, I'm, you know, it was a big price last time out of Keeneland in the Shaker Town. But, you know, came six, only a length and a half behind. Uh, I think this horse fits as well. Tell your daddy. Sorry, tell your daddy. Number six. <laughs> All right, so let's go to race seven. This is the Kentucky Downs Preview Turf 
Tourist Mile. It's $100,000 stakes going one mile on the Ellis Park turf course. And the favorite is the three-horse Spectacular Jim for James Baker and ridden by Jim James Graham. Uh, Baker's done a fantastic job with this horse. He's five out of 15 lifetime, won over almost $250,000. Would have won more than that, but he was disqualified in the $200,000 Caesar Stakes at Indiana Grand last September. And he looks to be up on the lead early. Guys, where do we go from here? Uh, can can we run down spectacular Jim? He looks he looks like uh, he looks like he's going to be awfully tough to beat here. Go ahead, Brandon. <laughs> well, you know, why is Hog Creek Hustle entered here? It's a good and point. I, I mean, it's 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 blowing my mind. And I and I wish Corey got the mount back because that's the time the horse really shined in my eyes going to sprint. But it's never had turf. And but you know the pedigree kind of tells you know looking for turf. A friend of mine told me his name's Will and he was like you know I think this horse could could be you know live on turf. And you know it's about time that the connection you know did change it up to look for something different. I think the mile. I'd like to see seven, but you can't really see conditions going seven for a long time turf. There's not many, you know, races that are out there for it. So I thought that was a definitely interesting play. I circled that horse. I'm going to watch the 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 tote, and maybe the tote will tell me something. But, you know, I'm looking at Maker as well as Brad Cox. You know, Maker's got two entries in here. Brad Cox is sitting on the one horse, Mr. Misunderstood. Uh, this horse is definitely eligible here. Uh, that can do the turn of ground. I love the post. It did a great job uh, against Spectacular Jim last time. But, you know, that I'm trying to beat Spectacular Jim here with a lot of different shooters. and But I don't like the posts on some of them. You know, Embry is another eligible number two in, in my play. I'm going to spread here for sure uh, because it just – this is the – I think this is the most interesting race of the day because there's just so many different shooters. Uh, so I, I took, uh, yeah, Brad Cox, Embry, A Dakota, Max Play, and then Hog Creek Hustle is kind of where I'm going here uh, on on this card. So Just looking at Hog Creek Hustle's pedigree, he is a half-brother to Majestic Dunhill, who is oh. a graded stakes. Uh, he's a stakes He's a stakes winner on grass. He's greatest stakes placed on dirt and turf. So he's a seven furlong. He's a seven furlong uh, closing horse. He's a really good horse, as a matter of fact. Yeah, he's he's a very nice horse. Uh, so yeah, the Hog Creek Hustle does have. I, I was curious, maybe they scratched this horse. Maybe they were looking for a uh, a transfer to the dirt course. And if I don't think case, they do. I don't think, think they do. You think they want to go on the turf? They're going to shoot, I, from what I understand. Somebody, you know, send me some messages about it. I think this horse is going to stay here. I do. They do not like the post. There's no one likes the post. Uh, yeah. You know, but but maker play. I, I said max play, but I think maker is making the play here uh, with two shooters. So it, it's definitely going to be a spread for me. A uh, horse we didn't mention was number seven. Don't, don't blame Rocket for Norm Cassie. Uh, this horse was a stakes winner at Fairgrounds over the winter. And and 
then came back to run second in a grade two on uh, on Louisiana Derby Day when he lost to Factor This, who runs later in the card. I think his horse might have a shot. He was taken back to last in that Ivar race and made a mild rally on the outside. I, don't, I think it was a terrible, terrible decision. I, I don't know. Maybe it was, it was the horse that took him back there. But this horse probably has a shot if he can uh, – he can. I think he needs to stay closer to, to Spectacular Jim. So, but uh, let's go can now. I mention, yeah. Can I mention something real quick? Um, one thing about this Kentucky Downs preview day here, something to keep in mind. When they do run this car to Kentucky Downs, Mike Maker usually has a field day. Mike Maker owns those races down there. I think a couple other trainers might too, but Wesley Ward will win a few too. But Maker preps for this more so than a lot of trainers do. That's why, as Brandon alluded to, I would I would give a little extra credence here to his his horses. I'll probably go with Hembry just because he's, yep. he's a miler. But it's something to keep in mind, not only for today, but down the road when, the, when they run this car to Kentucky Downs maker cleans up so you're absolutely right all right uh, let's go to the to the race i consider to be a, a headache this is race eight is the kentucky downs preview ladies sprint five and a half furlongs on the grass and the favorite the morning line favorite is number five morticia if you go by her old form she wins this race 10 times out of 10 but her comeback She's lost twice now, first time at 5-2 to two at Churchill, and then came back again at even money and finished probably her, her worst start ever. She finished eighth, uh, eighth and last, beating 11 links. I thought we might see the end of her there, and they would just retire as a broodmare because she's very, very valuable. She's won over a million dollars. I find it interesting that Rusty keeps her in training and shoots for this spot, I but I don't know what to do, so – Guys, help me out here. Uh, can, is Morticia a single, or or what do we do? Uh, I echo everything you just said. Uh, I don't know. I would not single more. Ordinarily, if you'd asked me that two months ago, I'd have said against this field, Morticia's a stone cold single of three to five. But the first two races of the year are very unmorticia like, and I believe you know she won the race she's prepping for last year, at Kentucky Downs, right? The uh, the lady sprint. She won that race easily. Uh, that the, the comeback race was not good, and she only lost by length. I mean, she had everything her own way that day and just collapsed in the last sixteenth uh, of a mile. And then you think that was a tune-up, and then she runs horribly the next time. I, I'm not sure what to do either. Obviously, uh, you'd have to spread in here unless you know something about Morticia, or you you think her back class is going to come back. But as far as picking a winner in this spot. I'm not sure. I'll tell you who I will have on the ticket, and I think has a big shot, even though the numbers are light, is lead guitar uh, for Eddie yeah. Keenan and Brian Hernandez. Uh, the numbers are light, but uh, at Keeneland last year, this horse was uh, highly touted, broke horribly, and come flying late to just miss in that allowance spot. Switches Barnes to Keneally, and the horse didn't break that well. At Churchill, when she was the uh, 90 cents on the dollar favorite and went by those horses with ease, uh, you can toss the dirt race last time to just see what they had, but still wasn't a bad effort against a really nice horse named Dos Vinos. Give me a lead guitar here. will definitely be on my ticket and hoping to be able to beat Morticia, but I would obviously use Morticia as well, but I'll take lead guitar here. Okay, Brandon. I'm picking prices today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're going to need the ATM more than any of us. You got that right. 
<laughs> uh, no, it's, it's usually me. But anyway, uh, you know, Morticia, you got to recognize. Uh, but you're right. The return has not been very favorable. Maybe they're trying to go to a different track. You know, Churchill gets a lot of good, a lot of good entries very quick. But, you know, I've got a, I got a bias here, everybody. You all know it. I know who Number it is. Four, the Meadow Dance. And, you know, what's interesting is this horse is turning back. And so I think Dan Dan Glick and, and Brad Cox may have been twisting their 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 beards, but they don't really have beards. But you know, to, to <laughs> put the, put this horse in this race at this at this distance, I, I love the angle. I really am going to watch there, and as well as I'm going to stick to the inside some more with Into the Mystic. That horse is fast. It's very fast. So. You know, but a shooter coming out from, you know, uh, it looks like, you know, uh, West Coast. So, you know, Brendan Walsh is super cold at Ellis. I don't think he's won a race, but I think he's very eligible here. Going turf. And I, I, I really want to see the two different, these two horses. Metal Dance has never had turf. Never had turf. But. They think there's turf pedigree there or turf eligibility. I don't know the Tomlinson number on it, but I'd like to ask Craig about that later. But definitely two for uh, and to beat Morticia. I don't think Morticia shows up. Metal Dance has a 318 Tomlinson. Mm, thank you. So horse figures on class. If it transfers over, Metal Dance figures if uh, if she takes the turf. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I, right. I just. I don't know. I can't get over Morticia. I I thought they would retire her last year, and she's she's a I mean she's a million dollar broodmare, and that's what uh, the the connections do. That they breed they breed to sell, right. and but you know I mean I think she's got to be doing something right for her to, for them yeah. to consider running here. So you know that's a decision we'll have to make. So let's go to race nine. And it's the the ladies' turf. It's a hundred thousand dollar stakes going a mile. Uh, on the Ellis Park turf, it's a short run to the first turn again, and the favorite is the returning Daddy is a Legend, number four. And this filly or this mare now has won over a half million dollars, and she she's danced every dance. I mean, she's she's a, a a nice, very nice mare. Been transferred from George Weaver to Rusty Arnold, and. It appears that she's been working well lately, so I'm very anxious to see her return to the races. And, and Rusty tabs Florence Giroux for the mount. So I, I'm in love with this filly. I've always thought a lot of her. Uh, to me, she's a standout in here, but can we can or should we try to beat her? Uh, uh, well, this is where my parade of uh, nice price horses ends. I'm with you. Daddy is a legend, does not win often, and there is a, and there is a layoff. And there is a barn change, but class-wise, she lays over this field. Uh, I think she – single – I would definitely have her single on one ticket. I mean, this horse, uh, for those who don't follow the race that closely, she has been knocking heads with Get Stormy when she was good. Rushing Fall, Beauregard, Uni. Um, she's continuously been pounding her head against the wall, running close to grade one caliber horses. And now she's in this spot prepping for the race at Kentucky down. If she runs her race, she should beat these and you will not get three to one on the morning line. I, that 
I think the horse is more along the lines of six to five. Don't you, CC, uh, in this spot? Uh, yeah, I, I think be- they're going to pound her. I mean, she, yeah. yeah, three to one's a pipe dream. Brandon, maybe, what do you think? The, maybe, well, maybe the presence of Mitchell Roden, she's on the warpath, might inflate the price, but uh, it's it's daddy's. And I would keep an eye on Princess Causeway on the outside, too, for Ian Wilkes. Horseback on turf did not run a race last time against really talented uh, sprinters. I, I, I give a long shot look to Princess Causeway, but I'm with you. Daddy is a legend. Looks to be the class of this race. Yeah, I'm, I'm with uh, Alan on that for sure. But definitely Mitchell Road needs to be getting, you know, consideration. If you're betting exotics and you, you're going to look to spread and catch a price, Mitchell Road is definitely eligible. Uh, I also like Quebec. I mean, this horse runs hard all the time. Yeah. Very fast. And, and, and I just, I love the post. So is it a step up? You bet. But I, I love Adam on them. And I, th- this is where I'm going to look. You know, for this mayor to, to actually come in, have a spot. It, it could it could be underneath, but you know, those are really my top three. Those are fast horses. Teddy is a legend. Is total class here. Should 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 prevail, but uh, I, I'm only going to go three here. So I love Quebec at a price at fifteen to one. Number three. I will give a tip of the cap to Adam Biscuits. He. He gets a lot of flack because he, you know, he does lose a lot, but he turned in some really nice rides at Ellis so far this meet. So, you know, I I, I would expect more of the same from him going forward. I also give a give a nod to she's on the warpath, the rail horse number one for Margolis. She's really gotten good. She's three out of four this year. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it, it, and she's she's become one of those fillies that you can just count on every single time. Yeah. And she was a close fourth in that tough mint julep stakes. Uh, back in May, so I, I, you know, she may be sitting on a big race if you don't like the favorite. Um, Agreed. Let's uh, let's close it out. Race ten is the the Turf Cup. It's a mile and a quarter on the Ellis Park grass course, and it's gonna be a gonna be a heavy favorite here, no doubt about it. Uh, number eleven. Factor this for for the Brad Cox stable. He's six to five on the morning line and. When I saw him entering this spot, I, I started to knock him. I was like, there's no way this horse can get a mile and a quarter. Now I got to digging into his past performances, and, and he won this race last year. So there's absolutely <laughs> no reason to believe he can't get a mile and a quarter. He's two for two at Ellis as well. Uh, you know, I hate that this race is the last race on the card because I really don't want a single on the last race. I hate doing that. But, gosh, he, he just – if he runs his race, he, he towers over this bunch. Don't you guys think? Mm, okay sorry 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 (laughs) yes and no yes and no uh again this is a prep for a race at kentucky downs a bigger race at kentucky downs he did win this race last year i would not single i will let me a caveat here that last race at churchill the wise dan if you remember she fought every he fought every step of the way to prevail it was a game effort Against a much better field, no question. But it does make me wonder. It was so gamey, put forth such an effort. Um, is there could there be a t- touch of regression, or do they take it easy with this horse looking down the road at the race at Kentucky Downs? So, would I be coming off that tough effort, knowing this is a prep for a bigger purpose down the road? That would be my asterisk to not particularly singling the horse, though without question the horse is definitely the one to beat. 
trying to get a mile and a quarter off that effort. Uh, we'll see. I'm going to also use on the inside hierarchy for Joe Sharp. Um, this horse has turned it around this year. This horse might want a mile and a quarter. Beat Lesser last time at a mile and eighth. No question it was Lesser Foles. But it was that one quick move uh, where they, they obviously knew the horse was, was the goods. It went from six by eight to the lead at the top of the stretch. Might be the kind of horse that can get a mile and a quarter. They may be looking, by point of entry, distance on the turf shouldn't be an issue. Maybe the lights went on for this horse for Joe Sharp. Maybe they were thinking the Kentucky Downs race as well, too. So I factor this is the one to beat. But I, I've got to – my top pick would have to be, again, I'm going contrarian all day long. What's one more? Um, hmm. I'm probably going to throw goose eggs up. I'll try hierarchy at 15 to 1. Well, right. well, that's a good pick. I, I really like the inside there. Definitely factor of this is, is, is somebody to try to beat. Usually on days like this, Cox sweeps a lot of races. He does. Uh, but, but I'm trying to beat him, you know. And we got to remember single man. If you remember single signal man, you know, uh, at Churchill, if you all recall, was definitely a, a beaten favorite that day. Kind of was in the four path leveled off is what the, the, the line says. But uh, I think this horse is going to come back and really run his race. And let me tell you why. BJ is taking them out again. So I yeah, think Ryan right. is, is going to guide, guide this horse home. I do not like the outside post. But factor this in him uh, should clear from the outside. Factor this is very fast. It should clear. I want BJ to find a good spot, tuck this horse in, and then come running late. And that's what I'm expecting for sure. This horse really disappointed me last time. I'm staying on it. And then, I, you know, uh, the number five, which is Empire of War. Florent Giroux takes them out. Uh, I really like the the jockey change here. Maker again, you know, the, this is the connection I love to see. Ran a great effort at Keeneland in early July on a good turf course. So I think this horse has got a whole lot more to go. And, you know, really came off the pace that day, which shows me that this horse should rate and be able to cover the distance of ground. So those are my two outside plays for sure. Signal Man is a son of General Quarters, and that was a tough old horse. He he won grade one races that I can recall on two different surfaces. He won the bluegrass on the synthetic at Keeneland, and then he came back the next year. He won the Woodford Reserve Turf Classic, the race before yeah. the Derby, on the grass. So he was he was very versatile, and we're going to find out about Signal Man. And, and he was claimed of a maiden claimer for 20000 by a, a trainer with the one, just the one horse, and he became a yeah. two-time grade one winner of a major yeah. claiming race. Right. Great right. story. That is a great story. He was a school t- retired school teacher or principal or something like that. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that wraps up the card. And this is going to be – I'm going to be so broke by Sunday night. I mean, it, it, it's going to be so <laughs> You are. Did you hear who I picked today? <laughs> well, I, I'm going to have to sprinkle your selections into my plays, I guess. But uh, – uh. It's a great weekend of racing, and then and then next weekend is going to be even better with the with the Travers and the Ellis Park Derby. Uh, before we go, guys, uh, Brandon, who who's your best bet on the weekend? Ooh, ooh, put me on the spot here. Sorry about that. I tell you, if our if our listeners made it all the way through our hour, they should go to our Facebook page because I'm going to actually put uh, a lot of my different bets down, my pick five and my pick four 
for sure at Ellis. Saratoga has been super tough. But, you know, I'd, I'd love to see by my standards actually show up in the money at Saratoga in the Whitney. I really would love to see that horse. I think that horse is coming off a big race. Hopefully, hopefully they got more. But I tell you, it, that it's that's tough, very tough. Maybe you know another one I'm going to throw out there that just totally tickled my fancy is Hawkreed Hustle. I love that horse. I just wish Corey got the mount back. So, but going to turf is way different. The outside post hurts on the set. Is it seven furlongs that day? I, I don't like that. But those are super interesting plays, and Quebec. So those are my three. I can't I, I can't single one. Okay, what about you, Alan? Uh, I'll give you one each day, I guess. Uh, for a bit of a prize three technique, a bit of a, a crazy uh, crazy single on at Saratoga on Saturday, and then if you uh, I think Daddy is a legend. Daddy is a legend is the most likely winner at Ellis on Sunday. How about okay. you? Well, for me, I think I'm going to lean on improbable the most in the Whitney. I think that horse is sitting on a big effort. So, both, uh, if, if not, I'll I'll uh, I'll reverse it, put Tom's Day tie on top of him in a in a in an exacta. So, that wraps up the show. Uh, we're glad you listened, and if you're still awake, we hope you have a great weekend, a great <laughs> wagering weekend, and we certainly want you to come back next weekend as we preview a great great weekend of spectacular stakes action. And signing off for Alan Schneider and Brandon Jaggers. This is CC Broadus. And reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home.